staying safe uh, uh, during these times. So yeah, we're in the midst of some very, very interesting times, some unfortunate times, some unknown times, um, just interesting times in general. And over the last week, I've been interviewing a lot of other market experts. Uh, and we've been going over market conditions. We've been going over what people are seeing out there. You know, it's interesting because in general, in general, I've talked to just so many people in the real estate investing space, in the just real estate agent space and brokers and things like that, just to figure out and get a good grasp of which is what's going on, what people are saying. And, you know, everything's changing day by day. Things are just changing. Um, it seems that a lot of real estate investors are still actively out there. A lot of them are being opportunistic. Um, but the bottom, bottom line is, is I want to get Terry's input on what he believes. So just so you know, this conversation is not about the coronavirus. Obviously, it's very unfortunate of what's going on right now, but we're trying to be optimistic and proactive and, you know, just just be be out there. We, you know, we have precious businesses and families and, and things like that that we want to take care of. And, you know, we're going to focus on real estate for this particular particular topic. So Terry Royce, welcome. What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> good, good. How are you? So what's your thoughts of what's going on right now in today's market? Um, I mean, it's definitely unique. You know, everybody's been talking about the market's going to crash, the market's going to crash. Um, and people are saying this is a blip, this is short, so nobody really knows what's happening. But I don't think if it does lead to any kind of uh, downturn that anybody would have saw it coming from something like this. Uh, so it's interesting. You know, we're seeing a lot of activity still and we're still looking to buy. Uh, we're actually getting ready to do a large marketing campaign to try to find deals. I've heard of a lot of big uh, outfitters that many of you guys know that uh, will go into detail, but from reliable sources that they're like halting all their marketing altogether right now, um, just to wait and see. They'd rather take a defensive approach, which I get, but whether this thing lasts a day or a month or six months, you know, people are always gonna be looking to sell. And if we can be the ones that are in front of them, um, you know, it'll just be more deals for us. So I just think yeah. it's, you just gotta look at changing your business a little bit, maybe and tweaking and adjusting to whatever the environment is. Yeah, I mean, obviously consumer confidence, I think is somewhat down right now. Um, that's one of the things we've seen and I've shared this on other podcasts, like or other uh, interviews that I've done recently. You know, we had, we had a buyer and, and I think you had a similar situation. Maybe we had a buyer that backed out the day of closing and he just forgave his, deposit he was a little bit nervous and i understand that you know who wouldn't be nervous but then at the same time you know we have one of our properties that's on the market right now and we got an overpriced offer very very quickly from somebody who wants to from a homeowner who wants to um, take advantage of the cheap interest rates and you know move forward with so that was kind of po positive times i think in general people are just uncertain they're not sure people want to play the waiting game and see what and see what's up and i don't fault them for that but at the same time, I think there's also a lot of people that want to be opportunistic. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think you constantly have to be, um, like you said, opportunistic. I think I was listening to something you said, and it's something I say all the time, is even if, even if you want to uh, sit on the sidelines a little bit, that's fine, but you need to be active and in you know, you need to have your pulse on what's going on and where, whether it be values or activity or, you know, if I'm, I, we obviously do a lot of wholesaling. We also have a lot of buy and holds and 
stuff, but what are people buying? What is, you know, what's the appetite for buying old? What's the appetite for fixing? You know, what is going on with lending? I mean, a lot of hard money loans going back. Just what's going on with what? If you jump out completely and just say, hey, I'm going to pause for a minute, you're going to be that much more behind the ball uh, whenever you jump That's in. Right. If you're not, you don't need to be actively buying necessarily, but you need to be actively watching and networking and talking to people know what's going on very well put very well put like you don't have to be sidelined completely you know i talked to somebody the other day um a fellow uh, lender hard money lender that doesn't want to be do that doesn't want to be involved in stuff right now and i was like so you're telling me that if someone comes to you and they just buy a property for four hundred thousand dollars and it's a really strong deal that you would give a hundred grand he's like well of course i would and i was like well then you know still in the game you should be um you know Everyone can cut their criteria a little bit. We're cutting our criteria, hard money bankers. I want to lower our exposure, have our borrowers bring a little bit more cash to the table um, because there is a little bit more uncertainty. But when you buy a property, when you lend on a property, when you buy a rental property, when you put a tenant in there, whatever it is, when you invest in any asset, buy a stock, for for example, you know, you're confident on on that number. Yeah, it might go up, uh, might go down a little bit, but you're still confident with that asset. And especially with longer term deals, fix and flips a little bit different, but on longer term deals, and I was talking to Ian Horowitz about this. So you buy a property for hundred grand today and tomorrow it's worth 90 grand. Well, and you have it rented out and, and it's a long-term hold and there's tenant in there. Who cares what it's worth short term? It doesn't really matter. Equity is a fake number until you're buying or buying, selling or trading it. So it doesn't really matter as long as the numbers, the numbers work. And I, and I think a lot of people kind of forget that. And it's, Oh, I want to be put on hold. Well, you get put on hold and you slow that business down completely. Uh, especially, you know, real estate agents or lenders or wholesale, whoever it is, but, you know, in general, like, I hate to say it, but you're going to get forgotten about, like, you still need to be in front doing things. And one thing that I'll, I'll never forget now, two years ago, Chris, my partner, Chris interviewed somebody from Philly and he was a big real estate agent up there. And he said, during times where people are scared and nervous and they're just uncertain and the market's not great, he goes, I go all in, I push all my cars in on marketing. I want to be in front of everybody. So that being said, that might not mean that I'm going to do any business. Like you just said, I might not buy, I might not lend, but I want to be in front of everybody and have that opportunity as the opportunities come. And let's be honest. We all know that if you're continuing to do that, there's going to be some real low hanging fruit, um, you know, cherry pick deals that we can do. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things, you know, people freak out about the stock market is that with these rentals, you've got two means of income. One is immediate with um, your, your monthly rent, which you're realizing that every month, and then the equity, which is the long-term play with stock. You know, you get dividends usually back into the reinvestments. So people are just freaking out, I think, because it's just a long, I don't know how to word it, or they just realize it's gone because it's one income stream, really. Exactly. A lot of people buy and hold investors kind of go after it. I feel like a lot of offers have come in, and I don't know if that's because people are less active, um, you know, with being no more, but we're seeing a lot of activity on that side. What's your thoughts right now related to auctions? Tell us about auctions. I know you bought a lot of auctions. Like, are auctions still open? Are people still, are they still auctioning properties? Tell us about that. Um, most of them, from what I can tell, are canceled. I see a few that are still posted as um, that they're going on. Whether they they cancel them the day of or the day before, we'll see. But for right now, that's pretty much on hold. But that's 
you know, we obviously, we've done a lot of direct to seller stuff too. And that's what I'm really excited to kind of pump that back up. Um, we, we were doing, I mean, six figures a year for the last two years in direct to seller marketing. We kind of slowed that down the last couple of months because our um, acquisitions coordinator uh, took a different role at another, uh, we just kind of got out of real estate altogether. But I'm excited to kind of have a little bit of time to focus on that because like I said, so many people are, from what I hear, uh, just kind of putting the pause button on it. And the, the problem with that is that there's, there's a lead time to all that. If you send out mail, it takes three, five, eight, ten 10 days, depending on how you're sending it to get there. Some people need to read it, think about it. Um, and if we're doing that consistently, you know, we're, it's not just, you're going to be, if they take a, a week or a month pause, you'll be that ahead of them. It's like that time plus the lead time getting in front of them. Um, and I think there's going to be some people that are just need to sell. They're like, shit, I might've been waited a little too long to get the number I wanted to take it. And, you know, some people will say, Hey, well, that's taking advantage of people. It's not, it's what is the value today? That number, the number I was ready to buy it a week ago is going to be a little bit more aggressive than the number I'm ready to buy it today. And that's just the state of what it is. And that number may go back up or it may continue downward um, in a week or two. I know that, um, you were talking yesterday about like loans. If people loans you approve today, that number could be the same in a week or it could be lower. Yep. And consumers need to realize that whether you're a seller or a uh, borrower or whatever it may be. Yeah, exa exactly. So the reason that auctions are closed is because courthouses are closed. Like why, why are auctions, like for instance, like if a real estate agent can sell a house right now, why can't an auctioneer sell a house? I don't know if it's considered, I, I honestly don't know the legal answer to that. I think it probably just because it, whether it could be a gathering of over X amount of people or. Mm, it, that's true. What about online ones? Do you know anything about that or no? They're still going on from what I can tell. I haven't, uh, online we, put, we put a lot of uh, offers on those too, but I mean, a lot of those are pretty, um, I'm looking right now while we're on the horn here. We're getting a lot of activity. You know, I mentioned, yeah, I, I'm looking right now. There's ones that end in 48 minutes, 23 hours. Yeah. I, I figured the I figured the online auctions would still would still be involved. Um, would still still be in the offline auctions. You're right because you can't have gatherings of you know certain amount of certain amount of people. So that so that would make that would make sense. And you know it's interesting because I also I talked to R.J. Breed and um, what was that yesterday? Uh, and we were talking about just how the real estate transactions gonna occur now is virtual setup as um you know accessing getting access to the house you know i was told by some some uh, uh title companies and actually title companies are going to be speaking tomorrow on our virtual meetup group i'll give share some information about that in a second that you know digitally the buyer signs through docusign or whatever program the seller signs by docusign and then there's a third-party notary who's also involved in the transaction that signs and authenticates their signatures. So everything can be done remotely. Um, you know, I think based on where we're at, I don't think people want real estate to crash or um, have many, have many issues. You can kind of see that based on what title companies are, are pushing out and what title insurers are doing right now. Like in general, people want real estate to succeed. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Um, don't quote me on this, but from what I read and just some different interpretations I've heard, I mean, 
uh, legal services are qualified as essential under what I've read and title yeah, companies. Right. Title companies are a legal service. So the title companies we use are still doing in-person closings. Um, yep. And that's all still going on. There's no hope to that. And a lot of the counties, I know some don't, but a lot of the counties do online filings. Um, so those are still going through. I mean, uh, some title companies may have made more aggressive changes to do not in-person closings, but our title companies like, hey, we've got a couple right now that we're trying to schedule for later this week. And they're like, just let me know. I'll send the mobile closer out. So yeah, we, I, yeah, we we have a loan, a loan closing tomorrow in DC. And before I hopped on this call, I was looking at the email and it said, when do you want to close? And it said, we want to close at your office at this particular time. And they're like, great, we'll be here. <laughs> so again, you know, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's a different conversation if someone thinks that's responsible to currently do or not. But the important part is, is real estate still open for business and it doesn't have to be that way in person. It can still be done digitally. You know, we were talking when we hopped on this phone, we're related to working remotely, like how's your staff doing when working from home and things like that. And in general, you know, we're a small, you know, we're a small company, we're a lean company and, you know, everything we do is for the most part online anyways and can be done through, you know, uh, our servers and, 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 and email and things like that. So that, that makes it nice. And title companies are scanning in packages and emailing them to us. So we have access to everything that we need. Um, if we choose not to go to the office and I'm guessing you guys are probably similar to that. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're working from home and I, that's the real, uh, thing I'm really interested to see in the next, which I'm sure you've talked about in the next six, 12, 18 months is how that changes how a lot of companies operate, uh, remotely. And I think it's interesting, you know, a lot of my friends that are in the W2 space, they're like, Oh, I'm working from home. I'm not really working. Um, and then I've got some other friends who are like, man, I'm like really stepping up and my uh, supervisors are seeing that. I think there's kind of like an interesting, going to be an interesting ripple effect with people being not let go because their company can't afford them, but just like from people that are like stepping up and working remotely and making their company more efficient and just kind of like uh, inadvertently like trimming down their company size because they're like, hey, yeah. maybe we don't, you know, you, you save... 30 minutes to an hour each way home and you were getting as much done as one and a half of the other guys on the team. Why don't we just give you a raise, cut them down. And um, so just kind of a, an aside to that, but I, I think that's going to be a, like a side effect that's going to happen out of this. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, no, it does. I don't disagree with that. I think that, you know, we, we've all talked about every day related to the value of zoom, uh, how it's just completely skyrocketed. Um, over the last few few weeks, I mean, yesterday my kids' classes had a Zoom call with their teacher and everybody involved, and that was great. Like that was the first sign of it. So I think like the whole, um, and, and not that people don't communicate via FaceTime or stuff like that in the past, but I think in general, you know, companies are adapting ways that that their employees and their staff can work from the house and and do things remotely. And again, like that doesn't work on every business. If you're a contractor, obviously, obviously that's not going to work. But in general. Like that's just, that's part of it. It's kind of a new norm and I like it. I mean, I like that ability and we've always been very flexible in, inside our office where someone, you know, needs to take a day and, and do stuff from home. That's fine. And real estate in general is not typically a business. That's like a nine to five setup. You know, you, there's busy times and there's slow times. And, you know, as long as you're available to deal with stuff when there's headaches, you deal with it. And then when there's downtime, you take advantage of that. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's it's uh, definitely a, an exciting time in a lot of ways. I'm you know I'm excited to kind of go through uh, our business. This is kind of going to force a lot of people just to uh, not even with the employees, but just figure out what's essential and what's not. And you know, I see Ian chiming in there. Real estate's antiquated, and uh, you know, I agree with that. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of stuff that ripples out of that. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I can't believe people still go to title companies to do closures. <laughs> and obviously, like, I understand the need for it. But they, uh, you know, the title company still needs to be involved, obviously. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything on that side. I mean that, like, what's the point? Like, let them get everything and then send it to them. But although, if you're a first-time homebuyer consumer, like, you do need, you know, help and support reading documents. I do understand that. But, like, typically on my end, it's just, you know, email me the documents. I'll sign them, I'll get them notarized with someone in my office and then I'll overnight them back to you or send them back to you. But I, I guess that does make sense for consumers or someone who never really involved in the transaction. I mean, we've, you know, we're, we're each doing hundreds of deals a year. So like it's second nature, but, um, but no, but I think giving the option of being able to do stuff remotely is good. Um, question for you. So what are you, what's your, kind of your guys game plan for properties that you already bought at the auction? Your deposits still um, on hold? Yeah, a lot of properties we've already assigned. Um, we kind of, we were, I don't want to be slowing down the last couple of months. I mean, some of the prices have just gotten extremely competitive. So we were, you know, we just stick, try to stick to our model and our numbers and what works. Um, so the last two months, we kind of slowed down a little bit with some of the properties we bought inadvertently, which put us in a great spot um, to not have a ton of inventory. Uh, but the ones we, like I said, the ones we have that we're still marketing, we're getting offers on them. Um, you know, not all of them are maybe, maybe the buyers on that side are being a little conservative too, but we're, we're seeing a lot of activity just in interest over the last couple of days. Um, I think we signed one. We said we did get a signed contract back, I think last night on one. And then we're sending out, I believe another one. Today, somebody emailed us back an hour ago, you know, we were going back and forth with the highest and best. So I think the activity is still there. I think the I think the slowdown that we're going to see at least short term is just from the flips. I think the buy and hold investors are like, like you said, they're kind of, a lot of them are all in all the time and they might yeah. just keep their numbers. Uh, but I think yeah. the ripples are going to be from the, the fix and flips. And I don't, you know, you might be able to speak to that a little bit more with the, the loan request you see on your side, but that's kind of what I'm seeing is increased activity on our uh, buy and hold type properties. Yeah, I mean, I think fix and flips, I, I really believe that there's always a need for fix and flips as long as consumers can, or for, you know, first time home buyers and, and the general public can still buy a piece of, you know, still wanna, there's still demand for houses in general. Um, I mean, think about it, I mean, a lot of, I feel like the fix and flip model works the best in median housing price neighborhoods. I think it's challenging in the upper areas, lack of lack of buyers and in the lower end areas, but the medium housing price areas, and we all know where those are. I mean, there are properties that resell at two hundred dollars to $300,000 typically. Um, and I, I think there's always a demand. I mean, like look around the neighborhood right now and see how many actives there are. Like typically let's say there's 200 properties in a neighborhood or 150, 200 properties in a neighborhood. And there's like a few on, on the market and chances are they're probably overpriced so they're not flying off the market the ones that are priced good that are nice properties are going to sell quickly that's just the the piece so i mean if you are doing fix and flips just like anything else 
you know, I think you got to be smart about it. I think you got to get in and out of them as quick as possible. I think you got to buy them at the right numbers. But um, one of the featured speakers on the call tomorrow texted me today and said he got three properties under contract in the last week. You know, when's, when's the last time someone's got three properties under contract in, in a week? Um, it just, you know, there's, it's out there. And, you know, there's an argument of like, did he pay the right price for him? And I, I don't know the answers to that. But, you know, I think sellers out there are going to get a little nervous, especially sophisticated sellers, because they're like, is this going to drop? They're going to look at it like the stock market. Like, hey, it's it's trading at $10 a share. My house is at $100,000 value today. You know, is it going to drop to 90000 you know, and when's the time to buy? And the market will tell, you know, what that margin is of what someone's willing to pay for it based on how low someone's willing to unload it for. And, you know, I think if you buy a good, a good property and you can properly execute it and, you know, be responsible in the fix and flip process, I think it's fine. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily do like new construction. Someone reached out to me for new construction today. And I'm like, yeah, probably going to stay away from that unless you have additional collateral that we can tie up or you have a real lot of cash to put in just because it's a longer term process. Um, let me ask you a question. Can are permit offices closed in Baltimore County? Um, I heard they were, but I know construction is also deemed essential, but I don't know if that qualifies for, you know, the permitting. I, I saw somebody in one of the uh, forums yesterday posting that, I think one of them was closed or maybe they have adjusted hours or went to online. Yeah. Only. Yeah. And online only is good if, if, if something like that happens, but like you close a permit office and you can't get inspections and code enforcement can't sign off on stuff like that puts construction on a, on a hold. And I don't think that is the case either. I think they still want to move forward. I know that we had an electrical inspection and they did it. Um, they can't, they didn't even go in the house. They just did it from outside or they won't go in the house. If someone's living in the house, if it's vacant, they will. Um, if not, they did it um, exterior. And I think they're, I don't want to say cutting corners. That's probably not the right answer, but like, I think they're being precautious um, on it. But again, like, I, I don't think, I think the real estate market as a whole wants to be intact and doesn't want to get majorly disrupted besides the, you know, the consumers, comp, the lack of consumer confidence with it right now. So I think that's what's kind of driving things. I mean, interest rates are still low. Banks are still lending. You know, you could still get a loan if you're qualified. I mean, it's not like 10, 10 plus years ago where a big issue was banks were lending to individuals that weren't qualified to begin with. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like not all that easy to get a bank loan. Um, you know, you need to have good credit. You need to have cash. You need to have, you know, good financials, you know, income, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think um, you were talking a little bit about the properties we have under contract. I I think uh, what the fix and flippers were, and I'd be curious your take on this, is that a lot of guys that were getting private money or dealing with some of these hard money lenders, that, a lot of flippers that aren't well capitalized, you're going to see them not be able to close on deals or not be able to take down new deals. And yeah. I think that's going to be good for the people that have capital, that have experience, that can take down properties that say, hey, I can put 10, 20, 30% down or whatever it may be, or I have enough to start the first draw or the second draw. Um, I think that's going to be on, that uh, fix and flippers are going to see here in the next one, yeah. uh, three months. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Because like banks want to lend, we want to lend, anyone who has available liquidity and cash, they want to lend. Um, 
you know, some of these bigger institutional backed hard money lenders went out of business as their or, or you know their business uh, decreased because some of these larger note buyers got out of the game for uncertainty. But again, anyone who's trying to do stuff, and this is another thing I was talking about the other day. Anyone who wants to do stuff on scale, I think that's going to be challenging right now. But I think if you're small and lean and you can pivot, I think it's fine. I think if you're flipping houses, I think if you're flipping 100 houses right now and you're and you have to flip 100 houses and you have a humongous marketing budget right now, I think you're gonna it's gonna be challenging. But I think if you're doing a few projects, it doesn't matter if you're a real estate agent, a lender, a flipper, a wholesaler, a realtor. If you have a few projects going at any given time, I think you're gonna be in a good spot because you can give them personalized attention as needed. Um, and I know that's our game plan. Like we're doing about 25 loans a month at Hard Money Bankers. And if we still get the right 25 loans a month, we'll continue to do them. But if not, you know, we're going to do every good deal that we can get our hands on the right deal. And, um, you know, our clients probably are going to need a little bit more cash now. Um, I think our deal quality will end up going a little bit, a little bit higher because I think deal quality in general is going to be higher. People can buy properties for cheaper. Um, the right investors that have cash, have experience, that know what they're doing are going to be are going to be fine. Don't get me wrong. I think newer investors are able to uh, navigate uh, this market as well, and they should. This is the time to take advantage of it and, and and look. But it will be a nice thing where like you don't have to just get outbid by like ten people. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, I think it's going to be good for a lot of people long term, I and mean, it's going to be bad for some people. But yeah. It's going to be unfortunate. For, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, keep in mind, like we're not that we're being like over rosy related to real estate investing, but like we're keeping this topic on real estate. Like there's a lot of unfortunate things out, out there. I mean, the restaurant industry right now, it's so unfortunate, um, you know, and a, and a lot of people, it's just the luck of the, you know, unfortunate. There's just some business models that, you know, are tough, but hoping and I've talked and, and no one has a crystal ball, but the hope is that you can weather the storm for like a few months and then get back to regular business come summertime. And who knows if that's really going to happen or not, but like hoping that's the case. Um, and we'll see. Yeah. What, uh, anything I missed, anything you want to add related to what you're seeing out there? Like anything crazy? Uh, what's like, you know, I'm, it seems to me that again, you're not, obviously you're not sidelined, but you're also not proactively, you know, trying to get every darn deal you can get. I mean, is your game plan, you think, from now to the end of the year to be active, market, try to get as many opportunities in front of you and then kind of just pick the best ones that work? Yeah, I think we just need – our plan is to adjust our buying criteria a little bit. Um, again, maybe more on the flips than the, the buying holes. Um, and we've – you know, over the last two years, we've worked on building our rental portfolio so that we've got – you know, multiple streams of income and not like multiple streams in seven different businesses like a lot of people like to do, but you know, all things are complementary and we've come across a lot of good rental properties and uh, just having that income come in. I know some people are like, well, they might forgo rental payments and all that. And that's all uh, hypothetical if that's what happens. Yeah. Um, again, I think being well capitalized, going with uh, being able to roll with the punches is important. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that comes out of this for a lot of people is making sure that they have um, legitimate capital reserves. That I see a lot of people operate real lean on that side. Um, they just aren't really ready for any uncertainty. I mean, last year we had the same hiccup where with the um, 
to me, this is kind of like last year when, and it's funny how fast we forget things, but last year when Baltimore City got hacked and there were no closings for like a while, um, there were, you know, and they figured out ways to do it with the affidavits and other stuff and holding escrows. But for our stuff that was, you know, wholesaling and assignments of contracts and so forth, it's kind of in a, you know, uh, it's not a, a homeowner to homeowner transaction. A lot of entitled companies were like, well, we don't want to close these at all right now until this. So there was like a, I want to say like a 45 to 60 day delay we had on like a lot of closings. It was over like six figures of um, income we had that was put on hold. Really, we had, uh, you know, kind of planned for something rainy day, I guess. And um, this just kind of reminds me of that, you know, whatever happens and right now, everything's still kind of chugging along, but if they are, were to shut things down, um, or if they don't, you know, just being prepared for uncertainty, I think is what a lot of people fail to do. Hey, what's the, what do you think the backup, the backup process is going to be when things come back online with uh, offline auctions, um, and courthouses and things like that, you know, recordings. Cause right now a lot of recordings that like, I think Baltimore city, they can't digitally record it, but it's just going to sit in a stack and then they'll record it one by one. I think that's the case in the city. Like, like how long will that take? Like, right. I mean, I talked to you about a deal that we're going to be doing a loan on for, for these clients and they've had this property under contract with their wholesaler from uh, and you're, you're not the wholesaler on the deal, but uh, it's in Baltimore County and uh, October, I think. Um, like how quick does some of these stuff, do you think some of this stuff's going to go through when everyone's back up and running? Um, I I want to say it would go quick because obviously if there wasn't anything going through, there's going to be less of a, a, a flow through the courts or whatever. But we've had uh, we've had some properties get ready to settle in the last like five to seven days that were approved and that we we're like, hey, like everything's ready to go on this. So things are still moving. I think everything's just kind of like day by day right now. Um, but no, we've had deals get approved and we're ready to roll on. So, I mean, it's kind of exciting. I'm like, I don't know if that's because everything stopped and now they can get caught up or whatever it may be. But uh, Got it. Got it. Again, just uncertainty, um, but everything's moving, which is promising. Yeah. So just a reminder, tomorrow we're doing a massive virtual meetup group with um, so myself and then Terry, my business partner, Chris, and then Ian Horowitz are going to be hosting it. And then we have about 15 to 20 guest speakers, speaker, feature speakers, free for everybody. We're doing it via Zoom. There's the link, harmonybankers.com forward slash March 25th. It'll put you onto our meetup site um, and you can access the Zoom link and everything through there. Uh, we do ask that you register. So we have we only have 500 seats uh, or spots available on Zoom, um, and you know that's the only way to access it. So you have to go through Zoom. Uh, it's Zoom. Uh, it's you know virtual online. It'll be super easy. So we're going to go one by one and go through everybody, uh, all the featured guests, and just ask them their stuff. And some of our guests are um, flippers, some commercial lenders, some commercial realtors. Um, different real estate agents and lenders in actually different markets, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Um, we have someone that does high-end vacation rentals and sales. We have some self-storage, um, Airbnb. What am I missing? Um, 
construction. Yeah, construction. It is a little bit of everything. Construction, a home builder, um, oh, a title company and title attorney. So everything related to you know what, what we're all talking about. And the good part about it is I've talked to every single one of them individually. So like I've I'm very up to date, I feel, on like what their thoughts are and what's happening in the market. And that's allowed me to pivot inside our business to determine what's best for us. Um, I mean, my concerns are, you know, can a title a real estate transaction get through with a title company? And my other big concern is, is can construction do stuff? And I think for the most part, it seems like they can because, you know, if I do a loan to a real estate investor who's fixing and flipping a house and they can't fix and flip that house because they can't get their construction, you know, construction's on hold, that's an issue. So, so it'll be good. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, it'll, it'll be fun. Originally, it was from 1.30 to 3.30. We changed it to 1.30 to 4.30. It might even be longer than that, but we're going to try to stick to those three hours. We also want to give people time to do Q&A as necessary afterwards. So we'll see where that goes, but it's going to be fun. Um, make sure you're there, hardwaybankers.com forward slash uh, March 25th, it'll take you to the meetup site where you can register. It's free. You know, we don't, if you've ever been to our meetup groups, no one sells anything. We're not gurus. We're just all here, local real estate investors doing deals together. So that's it, Terry. You got anything else to add? No, man, I'm excited to hear from some of the people tomorrow, like the just the, what the title company's take is on what they're seeing, what they're expecting. Um, you know, short term rental market people, I think it's going to be a, a broad, uh, spectrum of people that are in the industry it should be pretty cool yeah the one well, one issue that ian and i well more ian fears than me is like we're gonna have to move through people because 10 minutes is a it's a short period of time to ask people's insight but it's gonna be fun um kelly cummins thanks for uh commenting certainly appreciate it um look forward to seeing you tomorrow as well all right terry well you want to put your mask on again since you got to go back out there <laughs> Gotta go back out in the streets. <laughs> and do your thing. All right. All right. Everyone stay safe. Do stay, my thing. Stay safe. Right. Stay healthy. And, uh, you know, I guess be opportunistic. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens in the world of real estate investing. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jason.